Welcome to the Innovation Drivers Podcast, where Canada's top technology leaders discuss ideas, successes, and challenges that are creating a better future. Brought to you by the CIO Association of Canada, in partnership with the Business Leadership Podcast Series. Hey there. Thank you for joining us on the Innovation Drivers Podcast. I am Edwin. And I'm Hamza. Yeah, we are so happy for you to join us today. Hamza, it's been a while. How are you doing? It has. It has. I'm doing okay. Working through this um, COVID world that we live in. Yeah, I mean, as the day as we're recording this, um, just for a nice historic reasoning, I think we're in day four of, of the second lockdown here in Toronto, yeah. where I'm sitting in this corner of the Canadian world. Um, so just ironing, I mean, just really buckling in. Yeah. Um, but I guess the second time around, Hamza, I don't know about you, but the second time around, I'm not feeling as, it's not like, it's like, I'm sort of like, this is, I, I don't want to overuse new normal, but it's like, I'm not yeah. surprised anymore, right? Well, I think we're all kind of used to that new normal, right? Which is working at home and using tools and technologies and video and all those things. And you kind of know what to expect as with most things in life, you go through it once, you, you know, you're smarter the next time, but um but we, we do cross our fingers and, and hope that uh, the vaccine gets here soon and we get to start some semblance of what life used to be. Yeah, for sure. Definitely, this will be a chapter that we'll all be talking about for probably the rest of our lives, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, well, science and technology for, um, you know, like most industries, science and technology are at the forefront of bringing a, uh, a vaccine for, for the virus. And and then uh, science and technology will also be at the forefront of reframing our world. So exciting times from that perspective to at least, um, you know, see some glimmer of hope and how to move things forward. Yeah, 100%. Um, but Hamza, I'm, I'm super excited to share our conversation today um, for many reasons. Um, our guest is an amazing business leader, entrepreneurial executive. Her name is Victoria Lennox. And one person I could, uh, I'm happy to call my friend as well. Um, she um, basically has been a leader in advancing Canadian entrepreneurship, connecting Canada's innovation ecosystem to the world. Uh, she's the founder of Startup Canada, Innovators and Entrepreneurs Foundation, the Lennox Group. And basically, when she's not busy, she's pursuing her doctorate at the University of Oxford in AI ethics and governance. So it was, um, it was a great conversation. Yeah, Victoria's got a wide um, range of thoughts and expertise and um, opinions on technology in Canada and, and the world and, um, you know, doing so many great things in her past, uh, um, her role in, at Startup Canada, and then now she's moved into the Lennox Group, which uh, which she'll talk about um, some really uh, interesting insights uh, from Victoria. And we had a wide range of topics um, from covering the importance of connection, breaking silos, reaching diverse communities to drive innovation. And also advice to CIOs on all of that, on the power of connection, power of diversity and thought and talent and what all of that means in her own words. Yeah, no, I'm really excited to to really share this episode. So with that, let's get to our conversation. Welcome to the Innovation Drivers Podcast, Victoria. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, Hamza and I have... Uh, have been very excited to have you. It's actually a real pleasure for me to have you join. Um, 
knowing our long relationship from working at Startup Canada and helping you build that ecosystem. Um, but this is really exciting given that, um, you know, we're not only going to talk about entrepreneurship here, but mostly innovation in Canada and how to prove it forward. I guess just jumping right in, Victoria, and, and then I'll let, uh, I'll let um, Hamza chime in as well. But uh, given your experience building organizations, national organizations, not only in Canada, but also in the UK, I'd love to get your thoughts when it comes to if when it comes to what you see as Canada's tr- strengths when it comes to innovation. Oh, well, it's a great question, Edwin. Uh, I think, especially at this time, I think the way that we think of our strengths might change now that we're into our COVID days and we're trying to innovate our way out of this global pandemic. But certainly we're seeing that it's not just our people that are our strength. Certainly our people are our strength, our academic institutions, our research capacity, our innovation. Uh, but it, it really is our institutional strength as well. Um, so the the longstanding good governed institutions that are keeping our economy afloat um, and that are keeping our democracy going. Um, and as we kind of continue into this global pandemic, uh, I think our institutional strength will continue to shine on a greater, greater scale. And I think it could be something that can be much more of an export. So I think that that's great. And um, you know, in terms of our strength, the coming together of our people and our innovators with our institutions, I think is really going to set us apart. So, Victoria, the in terms of flipping that question, maybe on to, you know, onto the other side of what what would be holding us back and what are some of our, our recommendations on what we can do to go faster, especially in a post-COVID world with all of the uh, new challenges that that poses to so many businesses and industry verticals. What would be some of your recommendations of what we can do in Canada to, you know, show our our skills and and great entrepreneurs and businesses that can actually help with that? Well, I'm sure you have a lot to say on that too. But um, like uh, we we know that innovation requires connectivity and the coming together of various perspectives to innovate to come up with ideas that we couldn't otherwise. The same thing when it comes to the challenges that we're facing, uh, we need to do. A, a much better job of <laughs> just as our institutions are our strength of breaking down our institutions and making more porous institutions where we have a greater flow of information, people, resources, things, ideas, um, uh, so that we can innovate faster. Uh, it's all about scale. It's all about speed. And it's the connectivity of not just our ecosystem, but how we take policies, how we, how we serve citizens. Uh, we need to break it all down and, and, and do do it all better through connectivity. So for instance, just really quickly, we have super clusters, right? So across Canada, we've taken an economic development strategy of having these super clusters. But the super clusters themselves are rather siloed. Uh, if we look at the deployment of PPE, contact tracing apps, the, the whole infrastructure is all very siloed. Um, so if we can really integrate and harness and, and I'm thinking all the way from uh, our various uh, super clusters to our regional innovation centers to the work that NACO is doing to how our CIOs are thinking about the future. It really is about connectivity, integration, and really looking at integration um, and those connectivities as the way forward to essentially govern and to create a much more competitive Canada that, for the world. So 
I know that's pretty like high level and out there, but I think that that's what's holding us back is how siloed we are. And we see that manifest regionally. We see that manifest in so many different ways. When, when we talk about, I guess, connections and integrations, and I know it's really coming from the, the, t- the super high level. And we talk about super clusters and the regional innovation centers, like, I think the reason, and this is just my own opinion and from where I sit in my little corner of the world in Canada, but like who would initiate these, I guess, these connections, right? I mean, we had uh, Minister Baines on here to talk about the super clusters and how amazing it is, but like where does that responsibility sit on? Which leadership needs to step up um, if they are silos and, and really move this forward right as a country and would it come from private or would it come from public like it's it's very it's an interesting conversation and what i i talk about all the time with with other business leaders yeah well i'm sure different sectors would say it should come from us (laughs) right i mean the government would say it should come from us uh you know like various organizations would say you know we're the leaders in this domain I, I mean, my call to action, I've, I build grassroots organizations that last and uh, that only comes through everybody having that as part of their culture of step up and connect. And in order for us to compete, in order for us to be bigger than we are because we're tiny, um, it really is about that connecting and integration and stepping up everybody. So I'll give you an example. So Super Clusters Initiative, uh, uh, top-down, engaged uh, organizations. Now the Super Clusters are learning from one another. They're learning from themselves. They're evolving. um, They're becoming more sophisticated. But the ecosystem itself is doing the same thing. So even in the accelerators and incubators, it's not necessarily the CEOs of the organizations that are doing a great job of collaborating. Uh, They could do a better job, but they're not doing a great job. It's actually the administrators in some of the early stage career you know, program managers that are working with the early stage startups that are leveraging Slack and technologies to communicate in real time and support their entrepreneurs. So I think leveraging and um, enabling technologies, all of us can be super connectors and all of us should be just constantly connecting and that that's part of our, our, our role. So I think all leaders in the ecosystem uh, from policymakers and public administrators, we just got to get rid of those silos and ensure that, you know, we're protecting the privacy and confidentiality of our organizations, but we're, we're really in it to win it in terms of mission. So we kind of need like a rallying call as a nation of what are we trying to do? We're trying to innovate our way out of COVID, for instance. It could be one of our calls, rallying calls. Um, and then mobilize the crap out of that. Okay, so that's our indigenous communities. That's that's our, our, our CIO networks. That's our angel investors. And we kind of all move together um, with, with, with that type of leadership. But that comes top up, bottom down. Just really quickly, if you look at the contact tracing efforts in Canada, it started all with a little group of volunteers, volunteers out of Shopify, you know. And so and then that that really important initiative migrated itself into the digital service. So, you know, it can come from anywhere. Um, and if our strength is our people in our institutions um, and all we need to do is connect better then um, it, it should really come from everywhere. And leaders today need to empower and enable that amongst their teams. Yeah, I, lo- I, love, I love how, I love the example with um, the contact tracing apps with Shopify. And that's also an example of, 
you know, the coming together of ideas, initiatives, trying to help, but also from the sounds of it. And I, and I don't have, I've never looked into the use case or that um, specifically myself, but it also shows the leadership of having that open ear and to provide that infrastructure and support from this massive company as well to, to help not only this small group bring a project together, but to hold the whole country as well. I mean, it's, it's an amazing thing as well. Um, one thing I was thinking of as well as, as we were talking about connections and integrations, Victoria, I know um, with some of the work that you've been doing um, in the past, and I think still you're still involved with it in terms of digital economy and um, I know this is a lot of work with uh, with Hamza as well, um, but I, I have I'm wondering when it comes to the widening gap of the digital economy, you know, especially when we're talking about the vulnerable communities, the populations. How is that um, a challenge in Canada, um, in terms of, or maybe it's an opportunity in terms of rising up as well as an in- innovative co- uh, country? Yeah. Well, I mean. Canada has it all, right? We have first world uh, infrastructure and we have third world uh, developing world conditions, uh, global south conditions in Canada. I mean, we look at our indigenous communities and rural communities that have zero access to to potable, drinkable water. And then um, imagine then the infrastructure on top of that to be able to connect and connecting we know equals the playing field and creates economic opportunities. So you mentioned Minister Baines is on your podcast, which is amazing. Um, and just a, a week and a half ago or so, uh, there was the, the rollout and the announcement of uh, support to try to get um, uh, kind of that last mile, get, get broadband access a- across the country. Um, and so these types of initiatives are so important. Uh, but the, the inequalities are real. So I'll give you an example. So if we look at, again, bringing it back to today uh, and the challenge that we're facing as a nation, we need to get out of this pandemic now. Um, we need to get the economy restarted. But one of our tools in that, again, going back to it, is the contact tracing app. And uh, if you look at the contact tracing app, it's only available on smartphones. Um, if you don't have a smartphone, then and you're and you're not connected, it's not going to be useful to you. It's only available for some of the most recent um, uh, Android phones and um, uh, and iOS phones. Um, so if you have an older iPhone, for instance, you can't use it. So so how are we learning? How are we actually creating uh, accessible digital infrastructure? And here we can learn from the global south. So how are we using, you know, SMS? Um, how are we using token technology that we're seeing in um, Singapore, for instance? Uh, how are we um, innovating together uh, to, to be more inclusive? And that all comes down to getting people who are marginalized, who are not part of um, kind of the digital economy to be part of figuring out how to solve it. So, you know, and and this is just one example that we're seeing of, you know, just people being marginalized by not being included in the design of technologies that are meant to safeguard public health and safety. So, you know, um, we have a lot to gain by getting every Canadian, every newcomer, uh, everyone who lives and and has their, uh, their footing in our country connected. 
And so uh, it needs to be an absolute priority, especially uh, the longer this uh, pandemic continues so that we can participate in the digital economy together. I want to, I want to, uh, Victoria, I want to double down on, on your comments there because um, I absolutely agree with, um, you know, a lot of the comments you made specifically on the, on the strength of our, of our country and, and the diversity that we have in, in, in cultures and people and where people come from, um, skill and talent that spans both, um, you know, gender diversity and, and where you come from as well. Uh, and, and that collection, I think, when tapped in the right way to solve innovative, um, to solve problems that require innovation, I think that's where the best of, of Canada shows up. And I think we do it really well. And I think there's a lot of stories, some of which I think we're, we'll tell through this through this podcast. And, and that, that's actually one of the goals to tell these great um, innovation stories. But uh, to further on your on your comments of connection right up front, I think also the the secondary connection points need to not only be with you know decision makers to decision makers, it needs to be decision makers with um, different funnels of talent. So depending on how companies hire or you know where they look for that next role. To, to sort of start to go away from some of the traditional places of uh, recruiting firms or general job postings and start to target some of these communities that you speak of. Otherwise, we'll never break that barrier. And we all know that the talent is there or the talent is there to be developed, right? That wants to be developed. Um, and I think it's such an important point that you made. Yeah. So, I mean, I wonder if either of you, and I mean, this is so interesting because we are, um, you know, looking at it as, um, understanding the holes in the infrastructure and i'm wondering i'm wondering what we as business leaders technology leaders you know what can we do to really push these gaps that we are i guess surfacing right now and maybe it's not new for those who are listening today right maybe people are aware of these situations but you know one of our goals is to really you know have these call to actions right have these conversations and how could we enable our our people, our organizations, everyone who works with us to to really look at these things, not only in our job, right? Because we're talking about problems that are na- national wide, right? How could we how could we really enable it? Are there are there I guess tips or thoughts of how we could really put this into our own workflow, into our own um, ethos of our culture? Because um, you know, people who are listening to this are s- maybe smaller organizations, all the way up to um, multinational companies, right? So it's it's really starting, and like you said, Victoria, like grassroots. How do you, you know, start drumming that beat, right? I'd love to get some of both of your thoughts and and, and how we could change it in inside to make a bigger impact as well. I mean, I can I can start. I think, um, and it's so complex, right? Like, there's so many things we can do as leaders, um, and this is just going to get super leadershipy now. But I think it's about leading by example and then thinking about the impact we want to make as leaders and as individuals and the overall impact of our organization. Uh, Canada is one of the countries that signs up to SDGs, uh, UN SDGs. And my belief is every single company in Canada should be advancing at least one of those SDGs, either directly or indirectly through CSR activities, you know, and that's how we pull together. 
Um, and uh, when I think about companies in Canada, just coming my background in startup Canada, um, you know, I think super micro and I want those micros to scale into global juggernauts. Like, um, it, but the thing is, uh, what's really going to, to support that is if it's grounded in values um, around impact that everyone in the company can rally around so that you create space for that impact that's aligned. And then in addition to that, you create space uh, for your individual team members to take what's unique about them and the impact they're le looking to lead on the world, whether related or unrelated, and giving them giving them the space and scope to actually, you know, make that move, make that difference. Um, and so like space um, is, is so important, but, but the alignment to actually making a difference um, beyond the bottom line, although the bottom line is very important uh, for our economy, for taxes, for our quality of life and prosperity, it's 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 almost more important to to be impact driven, um, and and that will fuel the growth of the company. So the the leaders that I've seen succeed most in Canada and globally are those that really have strong values of the impact they want to make. And share with us, Victoria, some of the some of the Canadian innovative business leaders that you've seen that that are having that sort of impact and are taking some of what you've just said um, as as part of their work, not only in Canada but but to the rest of the world. What what are what are who are some of those people? <laughs> yeah, well, isn't it lucky that we get to spend so much time like with with these people, like in in, in the work we do? It's it's really inspiring. I think, like, if I look at SSI Microsystems, it's a really cool company based here in Ottawa. Uh, and they are singularly responsible for extending the internet through ships up through the Atlantic uh, to, or and up through the Arctic um, uh, to, to Northwest Territories and some of our most remote regions. So I'm thinking of, like, you know, we, we hear a lot about Shopify. Um, you know, I love Wattpad. <laughs> it really empowers, like, I don't think we appreciate Wattpad as much in Canada as we should. Like, uh, anyways, we can have a whole conversation about Wattpad and how it's giving um, the global south and uh, individuals in marginalized groups across the world a voice. Um, we don't even talk about that in Canada. We talk about their Netflix series. Um, but, you know, um, it's, it's companies like that that's actually creating the connectivity that I'd love to illuminate. Or uh, um, Keith uh, McIntosh out in New Brunswick, um, who has a great company that's essentially connecting Indigenous youth across Canada to the digital economy by way of digital training and actually hiring them to do um, data entry and then more sophisticated coding work over time. Uh, it's a social enterprise that's scaling like crazy with our fastest growing population. So, you know, these are the types of innovators that I think are making a difference. Um, and then I'm also seeing a huge shift in the social impact community, particularly among, among women and COVID's really accelerated this where, you know, women um, have a propensity to start a different type of company than men. Um, they might start more like beauty and healthcare and wellness and um, uh, like uh, 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 product solutions. Uh, and they're getting way more digital. They're starting to think very differently about how they're um, participating in the digital economy and how they can serve the same goal through maybe not a product, but rather a service. And so, yeah, there, there, there's been so much changes. And I think COVID has forced us all to innovate and think differently. Um, but 
yeah, to illuminate those stories of people who are creating opportunities for others through giving them access to new skills, resources, and infrastructure to be part of part of the economy and part of their own solutions to independence. I love your examples, Victoria, and Wattpad is, is such an amazing story, and you're right, like the everyday Canadian probably doesn't even, has never heard of Wattpad, which is really interesting, right? Um, and these are, you know, when Hamza and I was thinking about this show, is like, how do we really highlight some of these Canadian tech leaders who people don't know of, right? Um, so I'm really glad that you brought them up. I had I had reached out to Alan to be on the to be on this podcast, but he's like, since they've been blasting off into the stratosphere creating movies, it's definitely hard to get a hold of him. So Alan, I'm we're you know we're definitely trying to get get a hold of you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, just a quick note on that, Edwin, like for, for those who don't know who are tuning in. Um, uh, so across the world, data can be very expensive or not accessible. And in many countries, Facebook has a free program whereby they provide 10 websites for free for all of the citizens to use. I mean, there's huge ethical implications to that. We'll put those to the side. But one of the one of the 10 websites that is given for free to a bunch of South African or uh, South African and South American countries is Wattpad. And the reason that the governments and Facebook have chosen Wattpad is because it, it's a, a vehicle to foster culture, to share stories and to empower people to, um, uh, to, to create their country. And so that's the power of the platform that Alan and his team have built. Um, and here we see Netflix series, but what the rest of the world sees is a vehicle to have a voice. And that's, that's incredible. Yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's, it's amazing. I mean, this is, um, I'm, I'm loving this conversation from, and it's a loaded one. I mean, I'm going to personally have to listen to it over because we went through different um, stages of Canada, right? <laughs> um, this is exactly, I mean, my mind is sort of like loaded up right now. And for those who are listening, you know, I mean, we'd love to hear, you know, your thoughts and questions when you do, when you do listen and, and maybe some of the, um, some of the stories that we may not know of. Right. Um, I mean, this is, this is just a journey. Like there's so many, so many amazing Canadian tech leaders out there. I wanted to ask you, Victoria, as as we're closing up, but I'm always fascinated as a friend, as a colleague, um, about the different things that you're getting into and some of the studies that you're working on. But I'm wondering if there's any new projects that you're getting into um, as we're heading out of 2020, uh, the beginning of an amazing decade, let's just say. <laughs> um, you know, if you have any new project that you'd love to share with us today, how we could help or how we could put an ear to towards some of the things that you're doing. Oh, that's great. Well, I think <laughs> as leaders, we're constantly evolving. And the thing about being a serial social entrepreneur is, uh, uh, you know, and, and so many can relate, is I'm a starter. And then once things are sustainable, then I'm really quick for succession. And uh, so what I'm working on right now is I have Lennox Innovations, which I'm doing lots of consulting for, for organizations, primarily in Ottawa, around government relations and those types of things. But the project I'm most excited about these days 
um, is uh, the Hope Fund. And the Hope Fund is a charitable legacy piece that I've been wanting to get going for a while. And it was born out of a state visit. I joined Governor General David Johnston in, at, in Jordan, in Israel. We visited the Za'atari refugee camp um, where Syrian refugees were housed. And I really saw that entrepreneurship could be a vehicle to, to generate hope in the region. And the reason why um, the refugee camp really inspired me was I really saw immediately that this was not a short-term home for these amazing, incredible people. It was actually um, uh, going to be their long-term home and maybe their forever home. And so for young people who are born into that environment, you know, how, how do we create an economy? How do we create hope? How do we um, not just allow Jordanians to feel like um, refugees were a drain on their economy, but rather actually contributing new products, new, new, new services, um, generating economic growth and essentially creating um, a displaced settlement kind of um, economy. Um, and we're going to need more of those, you know, as time goes and as uh, global conflicts um, pursue and as the environment changes where we can live in the world and where we can't and where there's political issues. So these, these, these new settlements are going to become uh, very important economic actors in the future. So uh, I'm working with UNHCR on the HOPE Fund to essentially raise funding for scholarships and seed funds for entrepreneurs living in conflict zones who are, are needed to, to rise up, to become those economic leaders, to be the Shopify, to be the Wattpad for their new home. Um, and so uh, anyone who wants to learn more, definitely reach out to me on Twitter or anywhere else uh, that you can find me, Victoria Lennox, uh, if you want to lend a hand. But um, to me, that's the coolest thing I'm working on these days is just uh, figuring out how, you know, the, what we see is um, temporary is not temporary. And in fact, we can make it work to make the world better. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing. And that's, that's really inspirational. Do definitely let Hamza and I know as you launch that or when there's more information, because we'll definitely update the podcast the episode page as well to ensure that when people do listen to this, whether it's, you know, when it airs or a year from now, we have all that updated information as well. Um, Victoria, um, can you, before we end, I'd love to just get any final thoughts, um, ideas, inspirations, or call to actions um, for the tech leaders that are, that are listening today. Oh, well, you know, f first off, thanks so much for the platform. I think it's so important to have these types of conversations. And I'm really honored to just be part of the conversation. Um, my call to action is like really kind of self-serving. It's, you know, uh, CIOs in Canada. I mean, it's a, a, a group that where we need to see greater diversity. Um, so where there's women around you, raise them up, promote them, champion them, mentor them. Um, and, and similarly, um, when whenever there's an opportunity and you see promise in anybody around you, just raise them up uh, because we need more of it and we, we need to connect those dots. And I would say um, regardless um, of kind of the sector you're in as a CIO um, and, and as a leader, 
um, really, it's time that we really broaden our perspectives and take the time to upskill and to learn and to connect more. So see what part, what conversations you're not currently part of and how you can be part of new groups and new conversations and a more diverse set of ideas. So, yeah. So just a call to action to connect more and to support those around you, especially those that don't look like you and who aren't from where you're from. I love that. Um, Victoria, it's been an absolute pleasure. Sorry, sorry, Hamza. Did you have a last uh, question there? No, I was I was uh, sharing your sentiment of uh, of some great closing comments by Victoria. That's amazing. Yeah, if you could just let us know where we could find information. I know you just mentioned Twitter. If there's anywhere else that you LinkedIn. Um, I'm everywhere. So yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I'm everywhere. So <laughs> on Twitter, I'm at vlenix, and then we can go from there. Or just find me on LinkedIn. Super easy. Awesome, Victoria. It's been an absolute pleasure for us. Um, we do appreciate you joining us on the Innovation Drivers Podcast. Thank you, My Victoria. My pleasure. Thank you. Stay safe, everybody. And that's it, folks. Thank you again for joining us on another episode of the Innovation Drivers Podcast with Victoria Lennox. A uh, great conversation. Um, as mentioned at the beginning, uh, a wide range of topics, but... Um, you know, it just shows uh, innovation isn't easy. There's lots of things that you need to think about. Um, but when you click all of the right boxes to do it, uh, it's truly amazing. And, and also the opportunity our, our country continues to play uh, on the global stage. And, and the one thing I wanted to share, Hamza, is when she mentioned it could come from everywhere, right? And us as business leaders, we really yeah. got to not only listen, empower, empower our teams, people around us, our children, um, everyone and I think um, I think that's an important important thing for myself as well right so I was really happy for this conversation so for more information about Victoria Lennox the work she's doing and we'll definitely update it as we mentioned um, please do check out the show notes and for more information on the CIO Association of Canada and how to join please visit www.ciocan.ca please subscribe rate and comment on your favorite podcast player. Hamza, it's always a pleasure connecting, speaking with you and, and having these amazing conversations. So thank you for your time and I do look forward to the next one. Yeah, thank you, Edwin and everybody out there. We, we want you to take this information and go do stuff with it. So please go get your day. Please innovate and uh, contribute to the innovation that's happening across our amazing country. Thank you. Thank you.